at Cross Culture, our um, vision is that we would know Christ, grow in Christ, and proclaim Christ. Um, we believe that God has given us this mission to our city and to our world. Um, and so back in 2019, we put together a strategic plan that laid down some concrete steps towards this uh, vision. And so um, in this series, we're revisiting this plan um, and we're working at how can we work together to see this vision increasingly become a reality. Um, so in this final sermon um, today, we'll be looking at how we can reach our city. Um, so let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, um, set our hearts alight for your glory to be made known in this city, which you love. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Um, I was born and raised here in Melbourne. Um, I've never lived in another country or another city, and I love it. I really love it, because um, having grown up in Melbourne my whole life, um, I realise it's very easy to take what we have for granted. Um, normally when I visit a new town or a new city, I Google the best things to do. Um, you research what's the city like, the best parts, things to do, places to see. Um, but I've never done that with the place I call home. Um, we don't often pause to consider the beauty of this city. Um, we've heard a million times that Melbourne is constantly voted one of the most livable cities in the world. But have you ever paused to consider why? Um, well, firstly, it's because of the diversity of our city. Um, Melbourne is one of the most multicultural cities in the world um, that brings together people from all different ethnicities and cultures um, that helps break stereotypes and creates belonging. Uh, Melbourne's also considered the, the arts and cultural hub of Australia. Um, just walk around the city and you'll see cool laneways and amazing street art. Um, just a short walk down Swanson Street, you'll be at the National Gallery of Victoria, which is stunning. Um, the sporting scene's just as good. Just had the F1 this weekend. Um, another short walk from the city, you could be watching the AFL, rugby, cricket, tennis, soccer. Um, the quality of our healthcare in Melbourne's also world-class. I'm sure we might complain about our public healthcare system from times. Um, but compared to most um, other parts of the world, um, the quality and the availability of um, healthcare in Australia and in, in Melbourne is exceptional. Um, the same goes for our education system. Did you know we have more than 1,500 schools in metropolitan Melbourne? Um, right here in the city, we have some of the best universities in the world. Um, our city here is also one of the safest in the world. Um, Melbourne is renowned for its infrastructure. Um, being able to minimise road and rail accidents and actually has one of the lowest crime rates in the world. Even think about our environment because for a bustling city, we have incredibly clean air. Um, another short walk from here, you'll be at Serene Gardens with age-old trees and manicured lawns at the Royal Botanic Gardens. Um, even the water from our taps uh, is amongst the cleanest in the world and if you grew up or you've spent time in other parts of the world, you'll know that's something that you just cannot take for granted. Oh, and um, of course, most importantly, the coffee. 
the coffee. You can't walk 50 meters in Melbourne without great coffee, right? Not good coffee, great coffee. Um, sounds like I'm getting paid to do all this, right? And uh, <laughs> maybe I'm a bit biased because I've lived here my whole life. But I think it's fair to say that Melbourne is a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, but as remarkable as this city is, um, our city is in many ways struggling. Uh, Melbourne is still recovering from probably the harshest lockdown measures in the world. Um, the cost of living has risen dramatically. It's put many under financial strain. Um, inflation has meant even simple expenses like food and groceries are becoming more and more out of reach. Um, rental prices have shot up. Um, rising interest rates is piling on stress with those who have mortgages. Um, homelessness has also soared in recent years. That's been driven by family violence and health issues and job insecurity. Um, across the board, we've seen a dramatic rise in mental health issues in our city. Um, it won't surprise you that over the last couple of years, we've seen significant increases in loneliness and anxiety and depression. Um, one in five people aged 16 to 34 said they've experienced high levels of psychological distress just over the last year. And so for all the beauty of this city, we are a city that is stressed and struggling and lost. And so it's into this landscape that God has given us a mission. A mission to reach this city with the love of Christ and the hope he brings. A mission to see this city transformed by the power of the gospel. Um, so today, I, want, I, want, I hope you can catch this vision of Deuteronomy 4, because I think it can act as a beautiful paradigm for our mission to reach this city we love. Um, Deuteronomy is quite relevant for us, because in this book, God is preparing His people for life in a multicultural landscape. Um, as God prepares Israel to go in and settle in Canaan, they will be living amongst the foreign nations, the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, others. And so Deuteronomy is a call for loyalty to God as they move into a diverse and divided world. Um, in verse 5, God has impressed His, his statutes and His rules. He's reminded His people of His word so that they would go and do them in the promised land. God says, as you settle in this land among the nations, you will be in the world, but you must be unlike the world. But for what purpose? Their obedience is for their own good and well-being, yes, but as we'll see, it's not just for them. No, their, their obedience to God has a deep missional purpose. Their obedience to God's law is so they would reach the surrounding nations around them. Um, and so here Moses will outline two things that we must show the world to make a lasting impression on our world. And, and I think it's these two things that will be essential for us to reach this city we love. Um, firstly, our obedience to God is to showcase God's wisdom to a watching world. 
Uh, Moses says in verse 6, he says, Keep God's laws, do them, for that will be your wisdom and understanding in the sight of the peoples, who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Do you see the purpose of their obedience? It is to display to the nations what it means to belong to God. And specifically, Moses says, as you live faithfully among the nations, the world will see true wisdom in us. Isn't that interesting that our lives are are meant to leave a lasting impression on our world? Um, Even back then, all the nations prized wisdom. Um, Even amongst these surrounding nations, with all their different worldviews, They all want to know, how do we live well in the world? How can we experience flourishing? It's the same in our world today, right? People want to live good lives. People want to flourish. And so Moses says, we need to lead the way. We need to show in our lives that God's wisdom is unlike any other, so that the nations would be drawn in. And so here, in simply following God, there is an attractional quality of our life together. Um, At our wedding um, a few years ago, I remember um, at the end of the night, um, one of our friends came up and asked whether they could join our church. Um, It was a bit of a strange thing to say to someone at a wedding. But why was that? Well, they said, because if this is what Christians are like, then we'd like to be a part of that. Uh, I guarantee you, nothing remarkable happened that evening. There were no miracles, there were no magic tricks, but I realized that it is often the normal stuff of life, the things that we take granted, just the way Christians speak to each other, Um, the way that we show honour and we love each other as God's people, that can be a beautiful witness to our world. Um, In one sense, all we kind of had to do is just be ourselves and display that before others. Um, Of course, we hoped our our wedding would be a good witness to the gospel, but we didn't really kind of go out of our way. Um, We didn't Bible bash anyone. No, actually, everyone was just kind of being themselves. And it still made a difference. It still made an impression. And, and you see, that's the point of verse 6, that simply following God makes the gospel visible. Um, as our lives and our actions are, are lived out in the sight of the world and in our city, they will testify to the God who gives all wisdom. Isn't that empowering? That our task is simply to be faithful to God's Word and to live that out openly in the eyes of a watching world. And God says, people will take notice. It's the same in verse 8. You'll see the righteous nature of the law was supposed to show the, the reality and the goodness of God. The ethical quality, the wisdom of God's Word will always stand out. Um, it won't always be popular or attractive. We, we, we can't shy away that at times it will push, um, it will challenge our culture in uncomfortable ways. 
But that's kind of the purpose, to make the nations take notice and specifically to notice the goodness and righteousness of living God's way. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing that together at Cross Culture, we could live so well, that we could live so wisely with one another, that we would show our world what true friendship looks like, what an inclusive family looks like, what forgiveness looks like, how people who are so different from one another, like you and me, can love one another like family. I hope you can see that Deuteronomy sets a vision of reaching our city that's not that forceful, that's not aggressive. No, we are simply called to live intentionally in the sight of others with our words and actions in a way that would show what God is really like. So the purpose of our lives, the purpose of following God is to showcase something of God's wisdom. Um, But not only that, it was to show God's nearness. Uh, Look carefully at verse 7, because as Israel was to live in the midst of this multicultural city, their lives together would draw out this conclusion. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord God is to us whenever we call upon Him? So the nations would look at Israel and realize... God was present in their midst. They would see, man, God is here. And remember what makes Israel a great nation. God says, Deuteronomy 7, it clearly isn't their power or their number because they are the weakest. They are the least outwardly impressive of all the other nations. But their greatness came from the love of God for them and His nearness to them. Um, I hope you find this encouraging and freeing because as we witness to this city around us, it doesn't mean that we have to have it all together. It doesn't mean that our lives need to be perfect or we need to, to pretend that we don't have any problems. But no, as we witness to this city, we can show the world that actually we too are kind of struggling. In many ways, we're we're with them. We're experiencing here many of the same challenges they are. And so the difference won't be anything inherent in us, but it is the presence of God with us who draws near by His grace and who is helping us in our time of need. Back then, um, the gods were known to be remote and inaccessible, The gods were to be appeased, not to be loved and enjoyed. But I hope you can see that our God is so different. Our God has drawn so near to us, so that while we were His enemies, Christ Jesus came and He died for us, so that we are united with Him in His death and resurrection. And as Christians, we have an intimacy with God that is unlike any other worldview, or any other religion. I mean, if you think about it, imagine a God who is so great and so wise that is drawn so near to us, that every time we pray, every time we just call upon God, He hears. Isn't it amazing that we have a Jesus who is constantly interceding on our behalf? We have the Spirit of God who's, who, who prays for us even when we don't have the words. 
This is who God is. Uh, recently, the church has received a lot of um, negative press in the media. Um, there's even been a parliamentary inquiry into um, the misappropriation of a church's funds. And so things like that will impact what our city thinks about Christians. Uh, and so when we look at Deuteronomy, I think this is what the church needs to show today, that our greatness doesn't come from our numbers. Our greatness um, doesn't come from our power or our influence. Actually, in God's eyes, numbers are never a measure of greatness, right? So though here, as a community, we are comparatively small in the midst of a big city, our greatness comes from our access and intimacy we have with God, even when we're at our weakest, even when we are at our worst. And so we need to own that, like the world, we too are hypocrites, yes. But that by the love of God, He has never stopped pursuing us. He's never stopped loving us and drawing near. And so we are simply called to live out the freedom that comes from His grace. Um, in Exodus 19, Israel were to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Priests were representatives of God to the people. And so here, Israel collectively as a nation was to mediate the presence of God to the world. And so the call is here for us to live in such a way together to show that God is here and He is very close. So again, I hope you can see it's just the normal means of grace and obedience. I mean, have you even thought of something as simple as prayer? could be just an amazing witness to our world. Um, an effective way I've found to be able to just witness to my friends uh, is simply by just offering to pray for them. Um, in my experience, very few people have ever said no to that offer. Uh, and I love saying that I'm not just going to pray for them later, but I want to pray for them there and then, because that way they'll see how Christians relate to God, the access that we have with Him. And I don't know if you find that often when I pray for people, um, they remark, wow, that was a beautiful prayer. That was beautiful. But it actually wasn't because I was articulate. It wasn't because I used any fancy words. But I think it's because of the intimacy of our prayers. The access that we have to God our Father and the way that that is reflected in our prayers. You see, I think this is what following God's Word does, that a, a life that is transformed by the Gospel is naturally going to invite and welcome observation because it, it, it'll be different. It's wonderfully different. And, and so in our political climate today, people in this city might find our views a bit backwards, maybe a bit offensive. And even as we're rejected by the world, I think as we commit to simple things like obedience that is empowered by God's wisdom and His nearness, I believe they will find our lives compelling and attractive. Remember, the Roman Empire hated the beliefs of Christians. They persecuted Christians for their beliefs. But they could not ignore the hospitality. They could not ignore the concern that Christians had for the poor. 
And so though our views may be rejected, our lives must be compelling. Um, I hope this feels doable and exciting and empowering. And so what could this look like um, practically for us? Um, How can this be a, a paradigm for us to reach our city? Well, I think there's two simple ways this can happen. Um, The first is simply as we gather here in community. Um, Just remember our location here in the CBD. It is a gift from God where actually many of the nations come to us. And even right where we're here today, visitors are constantly going to be dropping in, stepping into our space to see what what this is all about, what God is like, what Christians are like. Um, And if that's you today, we're really glad that you're here. We'd love you to stick around after this to chat with us and share a meal together. And as for us regulars, that's why it's so important to us what happens here on a Sunday. Because as we gather here together through singing, through prayers, through hearing God's Word, this is a demonstration of God's wisdom. This is a demonstration of God's nearness as He hears our prayers, as He's present with us. That's the reason why welcoming for us is so important as a church as well and and why Pastor Lou exhorted us all to develop a heart of welcome. Because like we've seen today, we are God's visible representatives. We are His kingdom of priests into a watching world. Um, 1 Peter says, um, picking up on this language of Exodus that we saw before, that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. And so God has designed the gathering of God's people together to proclaim God's truth to the world. That's part of what we're doing today, that as as the city comes to our doorstep, we have this amazing opportunity to chat with them to hear their stories, to invite them to come and join us in this journey of faith together. Um, A sociology professor, Rodney Stark, he says, one of the key reasons churches grow is that their members simply just invite their friends to church. And so that's why we've been giving you um, these physical invites to Easter services each week. It's actually not for you. It's not for you. It's for you to give out. It's for you to be able to invite your friends so that they come and experience what Christian community is like, what our God is like. Um, Previously, many um, people in this city knew us as the church with the red doors out the front that were always closed. Isn't that sad? (laughs) Because we don't want to be known for that. We want to be known as the church with its doors wide open. It's why we've called one of our ministries Open Chapel. Open Chapel, which opens our church on weekdays to people who want to come in and just to have a chat. It it shows that our church family is open. We'd love you to join. Um, That's our attitude, not just here on Sundays, but through the week in Life Groups, English Corner, Alpha, Japanese Ministry, Street Family Chapel. They are invitational in nature. Come and see what God is like through how His people showcase God's wisdom and His nearness. So that's the first call. We simply just gather in community 
and we invite others into our spaces. And finally, as we reach our city, we don't just gather, but we need to scatter into our city. Um, On Sundays, we gather as the church, and then through the rest of the week, we scatter. We're sent out into our schools and, and universities and workplaces with the same goal, to showcase God's wisdom and His nearness. And so in this way, our task isn't just invitation, it is proclamation. It's not just attractional, it's missional. Um, I was really encouraged to hear recently, um, just last week, that one of our life groups um, together, they went to chat with, the, with people in the city just out here about Jesus. Um, and they handed some of these out to just people in the city outside. Um, and I love their attitude as they shared, uh, because as they were chatting to all these people, um, their success wasn't measured in the number of people who were receptive. Their success wasn't measured in how many people were open to hearing more, though many were. But their success was their faithfulness. In going out, in taking the courage to share the gospel with others. And the reality is that as we scatter into our city, even as we invite others into our doors, things can get messy. Things can get difficult, things can go wrong. Um, We open ourselves up to hurt and rejection. But I was so encouraged by the attitude of this life group that said they saw the privilege of bringing the good news to this city that needs it because faithfulness is success, right? Faithfulness is success. Um, Another way that we could uh, reach out to our city is um, to simply merge our friendship groups together. Because I don't know what you find, but I often find that I keep my friendship groups quite separate. So I hang out with my Christian friends separately, and then I hang out with my friends who aren't Christian separately. Um, But they never have time to interact. And so what if you could do something as simple as just organize a meal that could bring these two groups together. Because remember what we've seen today, that as they see lives transformed by the gospel lived out visibly amongst one another, it gives people the opportunity to see what God is like and what Christians are like. Um, I hope you can see that whether we're inviting people in or whether we're going out, how we live matters. How we live matters. It's why the gospel calls us to this radical way of life, so that the nations would see in us God's wisdom and His nearness. Um, The preacher Charles Spurgeon, he said something that's always resonated with me. Um, He says this, he says, I believe one reason why the church has so little influence over our world is because the world has so much influence over the church. Isn't that challenging? That as we scatter into the city, are your lives a reflection of God and His Word, or are they more a reflection of the world? See, this is where Israel failed in their witness. Instead of drawing the nations in, they actually just wanted to become just like the other nations. And and so maybe a good step for us today 
might just to be to acknowledge that our lives are almost identical to the world and that needs to change. And because God has drawn so near to us, we can actually ask Him to change us. He's gladly given us His Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out and He can free us from worldliness. By the power of the gospel, He can transform us to live lives that would stand out in a compelling way. Um, 1 Peter 2 says, Keep our conduct amongst the Gentiles, amongst the foreign nations, honourable, so that even when they speak out at you, even when the world might reject you, they would see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of His visitation. And so I wonder, what would it look like to live in such a way, that, uh, that works in such a way, that holds so loosely to money and to promotions? That as you work, you would show your, your co-workers and your employees that your goal in life isn't about self-advancement, but it's about joyful self-denial. Or what would it look like to be such a good friend that doesn't get involved in gossip, that instead seeks to build people up with our words and freely shares the joys of knowing Jesus? Or what would it look like for you to be such a generous student that genuinely helps other students out, that looks out for their well-being, even if they end up getting better scores than you? Because it was never about competition in the first place. Or what if you were such a good child or spouse or parent that regardless of how you were treated by your family, you would always return kindness and grace because that's the grace that Jesus showed you when you were at your worst. Again, it's simply living out a life that's transformed by the gospel and putting it on display because we're confident that Jesus is so wise and so near. And so I think that's what our city needs. Our city doesn't need a better education system, better healthcare system, better infrastructure, God forbid, better coffee. No, I think what our city needs are just real Christians, changed by the love of Jesus, who warmly invite others into our spaces and live a visible life changed by the love of Christ in the everyday stuff of life. And so let's pray that we would. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in Christ you have drawn so near to us, that you've given us your wisdom and your presence so we would be a blessing to our city. So Lord, help us to live compelling lives, changed by the gospel so that through us you would draw the nations in. And so help us to work together to see this vision of reaching this city become a reality. And we thank you that as much as we love our city, you love it even more. In Jesus' name, amen.